0: Hello and welcome to the ARC podcast. I'm Adam.
1: And I'm Joy.
0: On today's episode, we talked with author Dandy Daly Macall. She's the author of over 500 books, many of them Tyndale books, including a bunch that we talked about on this episode, like the Flipside Stories books, Larger Than Lo- Life Laura, her newest book, With Love Wherever You Are, and um, a book that's coming out later this year called Just Saying.
1: Dandy was truly a delight to have. You can tell that she has a real gift for storytelling. As you'll hear, it's not just in the written word, but also in the spoken word. Both Adam and I were saying to ourselves that we could have talked to her for the rest of the day, and I told her later I wish I had a mini Dandy in my pocket to entertain me (laughs) whenever I needed something.
0: Yes, she had a lot of great stories and talked about her writing process, and it was just a really great conversation. So if you want to learn more about her you can go to her website dandybooks.com that's d-a-n-d-i that's her first name and then uh, tyndale.com you can find all of her books
1: um dandy thank you so much for being with us today we're really excited to talk about several of your books uh one of the most recent ones is with love wherever you are and that comes out in March. And before we get into the plot line of that and kind of your ideas behind it, if you could tell us about yourself, how you become a writer, what's your inspiration? You're quite prolific. Um, You've written over 500, and several of them are with Tyndale.
2: Right, right. Um, I think I have always loved to write, even before I could form words on a piece of paper. Just in my head, um, my two favorite words were remember when, because one of my <laughs> parents said, remember when, then it was always a great story. Yeah. I liked um, to ask for stories, and fortunately, almost everyone in my family is a great storyteller. And my mom ha- came from a family with 12 kids, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they all had great stories. So mm. came by it honestly, and yet... Um, I thought I might be a horse trainer at one point mm-hmm. and I wrote stories just for kicks and then went to college and discovered I loved foreign languages. So wow. I studied all the different foreign languages until that had to be my major. And um, by then I was writing magazine articles just for kicks. I was only in college. and. I was writing up for like parenting, a parent today, Uh (laughs) Uh but that's that's where I became a Christian was when I was in college, and then things kind of started changing a bit, and I was a missionary behind the Iron Curtain. I lived with 20 Poles and Czechs on the border of Poland, Czechoslovakia, and taught the Bible, and we started little Bible studies in little villages and stuff. It was so much Mm. fun. And then, when I got kicked out of there <laughs> <laughs> by then, actually, oh. I wrote my first book when I was oh. there, and I wrote it. It was so cold in this house where we lived that the snow would be on my boots in the morning, oh. and so these lovely people, they were like a year younger than I, 20 and there were 20 of them, and they took off a whole year of school just to come and live with me and um anyway they made me a down comforter mm-hmm. and so every night I'd run up and wrap up in that down <laughs> comforter and I'd start writing by hand and I wrote my first book that way so I like to say it was undercover in Poland mm-hmm. but really it was <laughs> under a blanket Literally. in Poland. Yeah. <laughs> wow so. and then
1: from there you came back and did it become a career pretty immediately or did you
2: continue in missions? You know everybody told me that writing uh, could never support myself by writing, that it couldn't really be a career. And so I was content to do it as a hobby, and I taught um, in colleges. I taught how to write a lot of stuff in English, and got my master's in English and creative writing. And so I did that, and I wrote on the side. And I did that for a number of years, and then I Met my husband, and he was in the same situation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we were both wanting to be writers, but we were also teaching to make ends meet and stuff. And then we had kids, even, and uh both of us had things published by then, but still needed that income, mainly for insurance, too. And so we decided one day when we were running all over the world, our, you should have seen our schedule. It was down to oh. the minute because we had one child who was special need kid and then two other little kids oh. <laughs> and so we had to arrange to be home at this time we can afford a babysitter even and then you teach the night class there and i'll teach the afternoon one there and so it was crazy and after one semester we looked at each other and said this isn't going to work <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so one of us has to go back to school get a phd so we can get benefits and insurance for this kid of ours and so we decided that the first one who could make more money writing than teaching got to quit teaching and write full-time, and the other one had to go back to school. So six months later, I was full-time writer. <laughs> oh, yes. you, won, you, won. you won. <laughs> Yay! But it worked wow. out, because I'm like a... Obsessive writing. I love writing. So Mm -hmm. if I have a minute to spare, I'm writing after my writing hours are done. So I love it, and Joe loves it too. But somehow, you know, it works. He writes more during the year when he's teaching than he does in the summer. He has off just because he used to be a reporter on the Washington Post, and you know, it's last minute stuff, and you call in a story, and somehow he needs the pressure to make it happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Uh, With This most recent book, With Mm -hmm. Love Wherever You Are, have you ever written a book like this before? I know Mm -hmm. it's sort of inspired by uh, a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I have not. It was, but I worked on it for like three decades, I think, while I was writing everything else. Actually, more than that, because growing up, those were the stories I liked the best. And the stories of my parents, who were Army doctor and Army nurse in World War II and that's where they met and fell in love and then were sent to different countries, you know? (laughs) So I loved all the different stories about their patients, the battlefield, you know, some scary stuff that happened. And for example, my mom, I loved her to tell about patients and she used to not tell me anything. And then she softened as she got older and she'd tell me about these young boys. Some of them were 17 because they'd lied to get in the army and then, you know after like two days there were three of them who stepped off a boat the ship and the mines exploded wow. and they lost legs wow. and arms and wow. everything it was so awful but they were amputees and she you know took care of a lot of amputees and then there would be another wing in the basement they had prisoners of war so she was taking care of them because she could speak German wow. and then um, in a wing of the same hospital this was in France. Uh, they had survivors from the concentration camps. So all three of those groups were being cared for. My dad was more like a medic, even though he was a medical doctor, moved into uh, Germany with a British unit and set up battlefield tent hospitals and stuff. Anyway, so I loved all those stories. And I always felt like I wanted to write everything down and have a novel and stuff. But it would just, just seem overwhelming, you know? But then, um, I knew my dad got sick first, and so I had him tell all these stories that he could remember on the cassette tapes, and I have drawers full of those, it's wonderful. Which I couldn't listen to for quite a while, by the way. And then, um, I started reading everything on World War II. But the last time when my dad was sick, I'd always fly home from Ohio and go back to Missouri and help mom get him to the hospital. And he knew he was there for the last time. Mm -hmm. And so he waited until he and I were alone in his hospital room. And he said, okay, Dandy, I want you to go back home, which it's night, it's over an hour to their little town, and go up in the attic when your mom's not there. Go in the attic and get Joe to help you and bring down an Army trunk. And don't open it, but put it in your car and take it back to Ohio. And do not open it until your mom is gone, too. So I was going nuts, you know, <laughs> and so I did it, but then I drove back to the hospital and said, okay, I'm not going to it. open it, but tell me what's in there, and so he did, he said, they're the letters that your mom and I wrote to each other, and your mom would burn them once I'm gone because they're too sentimental, and she wouldn't want anybody reading her love letters, and so I wanted you to save them and take them back, but don't read them because that wouldn't be right until she's gone well the last five years of my mom's life she came to live with us in ohio and i hadn't read those letters believe it or not and she changed she became so spiritual and truly a woman of faith amazing and softened and told me stories that she hadn't told me before but we didn't mention the letters, <laughs> yeah. you know? And she had to know I had them because she knew they were up there in that trunk and we cleaned out her house and nobody said a word. Well, so, so one day we were sitting and playing double solitaire across this table, but I was actually, I'd started taking notes on the war and reading everything I could and trying to fit pieces together. and And I couldn't figure out one thing. So I was saying, okay, now mom, that couldn't have happened because Roosevelt hadn't died yet. And she said, well, he did, and that's when it happened. And I said, no, 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 can't happen. They we're going like this. So when she, finally she got so frustrated with me, she said, well, go look it up in the letters, Dandy. And then we both just sat there <laughs> silently while the elephant pranced in the room. You know, neither of us said a word. I don't think I breathed. And then it seemed like, you know, an hour is probably five minutes. I don't know. But then she just said, anything else? Oh, I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we finished our game and never said another word. Oh, <laughs> but wow. I went home and I started reading letters. Oh, <laughs> there were so over scary. 600 of them, you guys. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? Over 600 letters they'd written to each other while they were overseas. And she was uh, being a nurse in this hospital that was in a shoe fa- no, a bread factory mm-hmm. that had been bombed anyway that's where she was and he was on the move with ended up with a British unit pushing into Germany and really dangerous and all they had to stay together were these letters Mm -hmm. you know which were not reliable but sooner or later they'd get them like they'd get 11 at once but they wrote each other two to three times a day both of them so I had over 600 letters opened the trunk and there they were tied in their boot strings untouched since 1945 so it took a long time for me to be able to read them you know without getting them all wet with tears and finally I did and discovered what a privilege to get to know your parents when they're a lot younger than you are now you know it was just there were so many things I learned about them about just stuff that I never knew Um, even Like We had this uh, Red Riding Hood cookie jar on top of our refrigerator my whole life, because I'd climb up there and sneak out a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's one thing I saved from our old house, and we have it at our house. And that's all I knew about it. But then in these letters, I discovered that Dad's uh, fellow Army group went to get the guys pitched in, and that's what they bought them for their uh, wedding. So oh, now it means a hundred times more. <laughs> and, yes. and our kids can't get in there and get cookies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it sounds like you may have gotten your writing gift from your parents. Yeah. You know, even if it was they are, really good story. to yeah. have,
2: And we got to put real letters in the book, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the old pictures, too, mm-hmm. that were in there. They're wonderful, mm-hmm. you know. That's beautiful. The, the
0: letters, oh. uh, that's one of the things I kept thinking about with this is, People don't write letters anymore. So Absolutely. it's almost like this kind of story couldn't happen anymore or it would be mm-hmm. so different with oh, yeah, just the instant communication yeah. that we have. So you have yeah. to take your time and write. Maybe they crumble write up some and throw them away. And
2: them <laughs> we we had things. a little <laughs> smiley face. Yeah, and yeah <laughs> know. you know. You know. So but yeah, you it. It, you're right. It's mm. such a tragedy. I, mm. I've always loved literary letters of old and gone writers, and and I think about that, that we don't do that. Even if you could save your texts and your emails, it's mm-hmm. not quite the same. It's not. So that is a sad thing, yeah, mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm.
0: So you said it took you three decades to write this book. What was that process like? Mm-hmm. Were you sort of outlying it all that time, or...? Mostly research, or just all of the all above? All
2: of the above. <laughs> I have notebooks filled with different facts, and, you know, I tried to focus on the, the towns and the cities that I knew they where they were, and learn more about it, you know, and look at the picture, any picture I could get of it then and now, and um, so there was a lot of that, but at first, I could always do that, do the research, but trying to listen to tapes and hearing my dad's voice it just you know took a while before I could do that it's kind of like my oldest daughter started reading the the book when it was in manuscript form and she said she couldn't go more than maybe half a chapter at a time because mm-hmm. it was like hearing their voices mm-hmm. which is a nice thing for a writer to think is yeah. happening but, <laughs> but it was that kind mm-hmm. of an uh of an experience um then <laughs> You can imagine how long it would take to read those letters and then I had to figure oh my word I want every word of every letter in there. <laughs> and all my I had um, mom's five of mom's brothers were in the army too and so there were a few letters from them and my dad had his older brother was actually a spy and he would just kind of show up at different places he was uh you guys can cut this. But he was what you call a thirty-day wonder. They asked thirty lawyers who were also accountants before the wars really started, before America got into it, and they were supposed to organize the army and all the services to make it run more smoothly. And so they had them in, and they were just supposed to be there for thirty days. And That was the wonder of it, is none of them got out until like 1945, so they were there like seven years or so, but, um, and so he was, he was a member of the OSS, which became the CIA, and so he just kind of pops up places, and they refer to him, he's quite a character. And then my aunt, Dot, dad's sister, was already in the Philippines as a nurse when Pearl Harbor was bombed, and then they bombed her place in the Philippines and the Japanese overran her whole island and they a lot of people died but she and four other nurses took the remaining people who were in the hospital and dragged them into the jungle where they took care of them for months and months and that's where she met her husband and uh, he ended, they got married in a foxhole, and he ended, I know it. These
0: could all be their own books.
2: <laughs> <Literally>. That's exactly <laughs> true. So on and on. Anyway. Wow, Dandy.
1: You really, it's beautiful to hear you share even these snapshots of the story, because oh. I could just sit here and listen to you all day. Oh. I really could. That's it's sweet. beautiful to hear someone who's able to share them verbally and uh-huh. in written form. because oh. they. You know, they don't always go that's hand right. in hand. So, <laughs> Thanks, Yeah, that's really special. Um, is there anything that, you know, as readers pick up this book mm-hmm. and, and appreciate the story, what are some of the themes or, or mm-hmm. pictures of life that you'd hope they'd pick up on?
2: I think it comes, in the first place, I think there's a tremendous interest in World War II. Mm-hmm. And this is a shot at it you don't usually see, the medical end of it. Mm-hmm the consequences of war, you know? Um, and they saw it every day and treated it and, you know, got sad about it and yet kept kept on going. So there's that. Um, there was a faith journey for each of them in there too. Uh, my mom is a very self-reliant woman and she was tough. She was the, you know, the first on almost everything in her family. And, College nursing, uh, going out on her own. And she signed up to go in the army, mainly thinking that her five brothers were going, and what if they were there and didn't have a nurse to take care of them, so she would be there, somebody else's brothers. And mm-hmm. so she signed up, and my dad, and what she learned was um, that as capable as she was, you get to a point where you simply can't do it anymore all on your own and I think that was kind of a letting go point where she began to rely on Christ and the spirit and um, to grow in that way and my dad was he was just fun you know (laughs) (laughs) he when he signed up almost all of his med school buddies signed up too because you got a deferment and they thought, by the time we're done with medical school, that war's going to be over, you know, and it so wasn't, so the very next day, he had to show up in boot camp, the day after they got their their degrees, and, you know, he thought, I don't need to be a hero, my brother is, my sister is, I'm just going to, you know, get by, <laughs> <laughs> and that changed once he got there, and, and started, you know, making relationships with all kinds of different guys and it just it's nice to see how that developed yeah so that's one and I think um, just the whole sacrifice thing that we think of in World War II and Mm -hmm. and to wonder if like there was a line in one of my dad's letters said what on earth is it that will take two men and one of them will run onto the battlefield and save his buddies and even get shot at and maybe killed. And the other one just kind of hides. I mean, what turns one man into brave and another man into coward when there it doesn't seem like there's anything different in either one of them, mm. you know? So you do, you wonder what, what you would do in those circumstances. But then more than that, it really is an unusual romance mm. yes. <laughs> you know we all think of war marriages and of course they never last yeah. <laughs> these yeah. two people were so very different mm. and but they were faithful to each other in the letters and I mean you can just tell mm. and mm. they were happily married for 52 years that's wow. know <laughs> wow, that something? It yeah is. so they went through an awful lot and she can imagine there'd be months where they didn't see each other and then they had code letters, which are oh. in the book too. <laughs> they made up their own code, and I finally oh. cracked it. <laughs> oh, yes. And then that's how they could tell where they were, and where they might be able to meet if they could pull off, pull it off. And they had maybe two or three rendezvous, and that oh. whole time, one of them was in Marseille. And I found the letter where I think my it was. It was my dad said something about. I, I'm so depressed, I wish I had a big bowl of banana pudding, hates bananas, always oh. did, you know, and she <laughs> knew it, so that was the cue that the code would start, and that was like, you know, second letter of every other sentence yeah. all the way through, uh-huh. and and it said Marseille, and then there was a different time thing up at the top, anyway, so they had it fixed, you could go to Marseille, and we would meet there, well, they met, in. Dad had gone to the a farm, because a boy had come and gotten him off the base, and said his family was sick or his sister was sick and dad had become friends with them and the first night when it was just raining so hard he couldn't get back to camp they led him to the barn he thought well (coughs) i would rather sleep in a barn than out in the rain but then they picked up a trap door in the barn under the hay and he went down and there was this bed the nicest bed he'd ever seen you (laughs) know and that's where he stayed so that's where he and mom met was in the they were a resistance family and so wow. that was their little hideout for resistance people.
1: Wow. <coughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, take some water. <laughs> so oh. incredible. <coughs>
2: oh, anyway.
0: Wow. Worry we can cut all this out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, Dandy, you're yeah. such a delight. Might as well listen to fun. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um do you this is probably a good point to start talking about kids' buses okay. if, sure. if that's
2: okay with mm-hmm. you. So
1: um, do you have um, one you want to start with, or do you want to start? With?
2: You know, we could almost segue backwards. The one that's coming out, uh, I'm not sure when, June, July, or August, something like that, Just saying. Yeah. But it's, it's the whole thing is in letters, and cool. this right. led me to do that.
1: Well that's perfect then. Why don't we start yeah, with that Yeah, and then Laura is the
2: one that kind of goes with it in a different way. Okay,
1: so, so I'll start with Just Sayin'. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that comes out in August. I think so. Okay. I think Um, Okay, so Dandy, one of the books that's coming out for you is Mm -hmm. called Just Saying, and it also involves letters, so can you tell us a little bit more about the storyline for that one? Yeah,
2: well you know how people are not writing letters anymore, I just kind of became obsessed with this (laughs) idea, and I wondered if I could write something for kids, like middle grade readers, or um, even you know teens and if I could do the whole thing in letters and so that's what I did and it was so much fun to write and also to see how much you can communicate in a letter sometimes even more than face to face because you don't have nobody's going to interrupt you so yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I did and there were these two kids who thought they were going to get to be stepbrother and stepsister and they were really excited about it but then the mom and the dad you know would to be broke up and they went to different cities and so the kids are writing back and forth and it's fun just to see how they develop but um beyond that uh i guess because maybe because of our daughter who is a special need kid and has gone through some tough times in the school system especially and been teased and bullied at times um, we've always been really sensitive to that, and in a book which we can talk about in a minute, Larger Than Life, Laura, the theme of it is very strong and not bullying, and in just saying it. it's a different kind, it's a language, bullying and these kids are very funny, it's a funny book, and they, <laughs> they are awesome at insults, and going back and forth and stuff. But it's only gradually that she becomes less comfortable with, you know, snapping off these insults, and kind of sees the whole thing about watch your speech, you know, like in the Ephesians, that we need to season our speech and be careful with what you say because you don't always know how it affects somebody and kids are so flippant and Mm -hmm. they can just say the meanest things that you remember the rest of your life and they would never dream they couldn't even remember that they said it Mm -hmm. and so that's that's the bullying type the verbal one in that one and it's in a very funny funny way so kids won't feel like they're preached to but hopefully they'll pick it up that it's not always funny and we they even talk about what's the difference you know why could somebody call you hey fat so somebody who's skinny and Mm -hmm. they'll laugh you know because it's just not true but somebody else who's worried about his or her weight you say that and it really cuts whether they show you or not probably really cuts to the quick so they they go through some of that and discuss Mm -hmm. it what the difference is Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, how do you as a writer get into the mind of an 11- and 12-year-old?
2: Well, you know process. what, fortunately, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's where my mind frequently is. <laughs> it's kind of like changing channels. But, it, <laughs> you know, when I started writing many, many moons ago, um, I only wrote for adults. And uh, I did a lot of nonfiction and humor and inspirational on books. And then I had kids. And that changed it all. And all of a sudden, I was thinking like those kids, you know. (laughs) And I thought, I could do this. I could write what I think would really work with her. And so I did. And when they were little, I wrote board books, like little blessing books. And then when they got a little older, I'd do um, picture books. And writing, but I'd still do board books. Mm-hmm. And then I'd they get a little older and i do those early chapter books, but I still do picture books and board books. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, <laughs> teen novels. So yeah. I've, I've done absolutely every age. And I guess now I'm, they're adults and I'm back to adult, but I'm also doing board books and picture yes. books and chapter books. And, yeah. Wow. So.
1: Do you have any grandchildren? We do. Any? Okay, so yes. that probably
2: well, all Yes. Helps too. Again. yes. <laughs> yeah. Ellie's age eight, and Cassie is age six, and Maddie is not quite one year yet. Okay. Yeah, they're awesome.
1: Oh, precious. <laughs> and so you know what's precious. fun?
2: They become characters, like in oh, yeah. Backyard Horses, the horse series. Mm-hmm. The main character is Ellie, mm-hmm. and so when I do book signings, like. You know, book fair or something. She comes with me and she Aww. signs the backyard horse series. She loves I love it. it. <laughs> and so, of course, Cassie says, "So, like, where's mine?" Yeah. You know. And so, just saying, has a girl named Cassie. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> precious. <laughs> I just love it.
2: And Maddie, I already did before she was even born. I had a teen, a young adult novel with a character Maddie. named Maddie, but we'll get her too.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you about the horses, and I think you mentioned uh, earlier hmm. that you. Oh, thought about what being you? a horse, horse trainer. Really three yes. series or yeah, three oh, series at least.
2: Yeah, three. more than that. Yeah. Probably four, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> for almost, yeah, for about every age. Yeah, Winnie the Horse Gentler. It's like put food on her table <laughs> <laughs> for years. It just somehow is really connected. I get the best mail and email and letters from kids who are hooked on Winnie. Some of them say, Dear Winnie. Oh, you know? that's so cute! <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that that I just I love doing that, and mm-hmm. um, I guess that's how I didn't be, end up a horse trainer, but you know, close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up on horses in mm-hmm. this little town where I lived. There was nothing to do. You make your own fun, and we always everybody always had horses, either on the farms or, you know, one that's nobody wanted. None of us could afford saddles, so we did, you know, we rode bareback, but it was fun. They were always my best friends, those horses, and we've always had them, so that's mm-hmm. fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, It seems like this book just saying does relate to larger than life Laura yes. because it's the same theme and mm-hmm. subject matter. Mm-hmm. So what may, what makes them different? Because obviously you felt like you had more to say with Just Saying.
2: So tell us about Larger the, Than Life yes. Laura. Yeah. You know this, that book came like no other book has ever come for me and I wish every book came like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh I tell you what, middle of the night I woke up and it was almost like I could hear this narrator young Laney is a tough kid and she said this story is not about me so I already got a reason to hang it up. (laughs) I thought whoa (laughs) I like that so I ran over to my office in the middle of the night and I just wrote it down and what I wrote ended up being the whole first chapter of that book and then I couldn't wait to get up and see what would happen next honestly and I just almost rode as fast as I could and you know I was laughing I was crying at the, it, and I had but I kept saying to my husband I kept saying this is gonna stop and I won't know how to get out of this mess I'm getting her into and he just keep writing keep writing you know so, so I did and you know it just I think I was almost halfway through the book before I realized that this book was teaching Kids, how to write every single chapter because um, Lainey, the narrator, is learned their class is learning how to write, and so she'll start out and she'll say, Okay, Miss Smith says that you got to start with a character when you start your book, but <laughs> you know, this really isn't about me, even though I'm the character who starts, so and then Aww. you know, and then she'll have like Rising Action is another every the title of each chapter is a part mm-hmm. of writing a story mm. and down to climax and the return of climax because she couldn't get it all in one chapter <laughs> <laughs> but um you know so it's really yeah there's a girl who comes to their school and is teased mercilessly and yet mm. returns every meanness with kindness mm. and a smile that's so real and deep that our little narrator makes her mad because she's never smiled like that Mm-hmm. And she knows it's real, and this girl's so nice and does all these good things no matter what they do. And then, in the end, and I won't give it away, but when they do something that's pretty mean to her, um, she takes the blame for it mm-hmm. of all of them and changes everybody in that whole school, especially their class. She becomes, um, you know the type of Christ with the redemption mm-hmm. and the teacher said do you know what she did for you do you see that that she took the blame for every one of you and then forgave you mm-hmm. you know and and they do they change and Anyway, so that's mm-hmm. that's how it was I, I I was writing stuff that I didn't see until I went back and, mm-hmm. and usually mm-hmm. it's not like that <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's beautiful to <laughs> have fun. the inspiration come it in the was.
1: middle of the night and then to carry on and yeah. there are probably themes of your own life with your
2: daughter to see,
1: like, how that was Mm -hmm. an emotional, even writing it could have been an emotional experience of Mm -hmm. some of your own
2: history. I remember every time Katie was slighted or made fun of or Mm -hmm. the way she talked or, Mm -hmm. you know, something, and we were involved in Special Olympics, and those Mm -hmm. kids are so sweet, almost all of them, just so, everybody should go to a Special Olympics game, by the way, it is awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. parents... Cheer for both sides. Oh yes, so great. <laughs> One game, Katie, you know, with only girl on her team, and of course these two boys kept the ball to themselves, you know. And poor Katie was running up and down here, here, here. I'll <laughs> throw it. All you know, and never got the ball. And so I saw this boy on the other team, you know, looking at her like she was the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. <laughs> and and he finally got the ball, and he said, Hey, hey. And then he handed it oh. to her, <laughs> to and Katie turned and looked up in the stands oh. at Joe and me, and I stood up and said, shoot it, Katie. Oh, <laughs> she did, and it was the only basket she made all year. Oh, she made it. <laughs> she made it. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Is that fun? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. hmm So,
1: yeah. Wow. Some really beautiful stories, Sandy, with some Thanks. really deep themes, but ones that are approachable and understandable. Yeah. And it sounds like you really do use humor, especially with Just Saying, And sometimes yeah. humor is one of the most powerful storytelling techniques. It, it is. Seems.
2: And it doesn't yeah. seem to be. I've tried teaching humor, and you can't. No. <laughs> you know? No, it just has <laughs> Mark happen. Twain said something funny I can't remember, but something like. At the end of it, the frog died. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, if you dissect it, like the frog, dissect it.
1: Oh, you you dissect it. It dies. So you, you better not. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it be as it is. Yeah.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Anyway.
0: Uh, One of my favorite of the recent things you've done is the flip side (gasps) stories, and for two reasons. One, I like the concept of. for people that don't know, you read through the story, you flip the book over and you get the perspective of the other character. Mm-hmm. I like that. Plus, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old who wants me to read the same book over and over and over. So it gives some variety. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> same a good story, different, angle. different angle. great, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh,
2: yeah. Those, you know what? I had that flip-side story idea for ten years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ten years. And... Um, you know, people thought it would be too expensive to produce the way I wanted it, which is like really beautiful big mm. picture book, both directions and both in the same book. Mm. And so I just kind of held out and then came to Tyndale and, mm-hmm. and no, actually Tyndale came to me. Linda came out and Stephanie and uh, we were talking about it. I said, well, okay, I'm going to show you something. It's my heart and you won't do it because it's too expensive (laughs) (laughs) so I showed him and she said we're doing it (laughs) and she did she got it through and they're beautiful the illustrations are so pretty and they're colorful and it's fun there's always one vertical picture that the kids love with somebody you know like Zacchaeus in the tree looking down you're looking up at him and then on the other side you get to be Jesus looking Mm. up in the tree and it really and they rhyme and they're sparse text for Bible stories, which I think works for kids. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love too the two sides of every story. That's what we've always tried to get our kids to do. You know, say okay, pretend you're Jen and you're Dan. <laughs> you know, yes. now tell us what's wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to see totally. the really <laughs> yeah, side. Didn't work so well with our kids, but <laughs> hopefully with other people's kids. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, and Dandy, one of the, I'll touch on one of your other books called Wow. Oh,
2: yeah. And I
1: see that you have that with you. I do. Um, that's also a really precious one. And before we get into that, I'm wondering how do you pick illustrators? Is that something you choose or the publisher chooses?
2: Usually it's the publisher who okay. chooses it. And, and uh, lots of times I get input or I can make suggestions sure. or maybe they'll show me three or four things and yeah. pick them. Um, so, yeah, but Tyndale's great at matching illustrations mm-hmm. and words, I think. Okay. Nothing is boring,
0: you know. Nice. <laughs> Everything
2: you know. pops, and it's colorful. Yes. and yes. Like this one, wow. Yes. It's a good news in four words. And there was a local pastor here who um, gave a sermon, and one of Tyndale's folks was sitting in the crowd and thought that is a good concept. And it's that. You could tell the gospel in four words there's wow like when creation happened and then uh uh-oh which is we all know (laughs) sin entered and goofed up and then yes because it was paid for and ah when you accept it it, you know it's a good thing and then wow share it so she thought isn't that a cool concept and Mm. lynn and i are thinking yeah you know i could do a book on that And so I did, and let me read some? Yes, okay, and then you can decide what you want. Yeah. All right, first one's wow. Back in the beginning, the world was still dark, no light and no lightning, not even a spark, no schools and no houses, no playground or park. Then wow, all God did was say, let there be light. He called the light day and the dark, he called night. The world God created was perfect and right. Look up in the sky because here comes the sun. At night, count the stars if you can, one by one. Then gaze at the moon and say, Wow, God, well done. Mm -hmm. Just look at the wonders. Let me read you some of um, this the Mm -hmm. uh oh. Okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a page of uh oh. Now, Adam and Eve had the world at their feet. The Garden of Eden held every treat, and only one tree from which no one could eat. Along came the snake, who was bad as could be. Did God say, don't eat? You should listen to me. That Mm. fruit is the best, and Eve chose to agree. So Eve took a bite, Uh uh-oh, Adam did too, and God saw it all. Children, what did you do? Since then, we all sin. That means me, that means you. We have to say, "Uh uh-oh, we're in a bad place. We can't earn God's favor, talk face-to-face. We're helpless and hopeless in need of God's grace. Why, uh-oh, yes. Mm. (laughs) Shall I read a yes so we don't leave it on the uh uh-oh? Yes, please. (laughs) But God had a wonderful, masterful plan. I'll pay for their sin because only I can. I'll save the whole world by becoming a man. Mm. God loved us so much that he sent us his son. So Jesus was born and the plan was begun. His life was just perfect. No sin, nope, not one. Mm. Yet people grew jealous. Don't trust him, beware. They had him arrested. His trial was unfair. He died on a cross. He was crucified there. Wow, Uh uh-oh, yes, but. That's not the end. Jesus rose from the dead. He came back to life again, just like he said, and gave us a promise of what lies ahead. Mm. So anyway, that's the way it goes.
1: That's beautiful. (laughs) And you know, as you're reading, I'm realizing you have to write for these to be read out loud oh yeah and that yeah. is a whole different theme it is yeah Than you know some of your other nonfiction adult books that oh, right. are never probably going to be written or right. out read out loud, out loud. <laughs> yes it's so beautiful i want books you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh dearie. that's beautiful Fun. what a great yeah. concept yeah. yeah and you i think one of one of your other skills i'm i'm seeing is that you're able to take some really complex subjects and and again make them very relatable without watering them down or losing the substance yeah. you know
2: and, and you know what it's, it's not so hard for <laughs> <laughs> maybe Amazing. i don't have an 11 year old mind maybe it's yeah. really fine <laughs> 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 but jesus did say we should be yes. like children and understanding and a simplicity and because yes. it's just there mm-hmm. right that's beautiful <laughs> yeah
0: now, If people want to learn more about you or get uh-huh. in touch with you what yes. is the best way to do that
2: okay i have a lovely new website and it's dandy d-a-n-d-i at com. and uh, there's another site you can reach it from the main site for um the novel you know mm-hmm. with love wherever you are and, and that one's fun too that page has pictures and a lot of stuff going on there. It's great, and then I'm always on Facebook and pretty much anywhere people go, uh, <laughs> you know, Goodreads and yes. just just type me into the search, Dandy Daily Mackerel.
1: Okay, yeah, that's beautiful, Dandy. So <laughs> neat to see. I'm gonna go check out that new website of yours. It is you kind know? of cool. you did a good <laughs> job
2: sure. on. It. I'm so excited. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and everyone should go out and buy one of every there of you go. 500 books. Yeah, there you, there you go. go. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And tomorrow
2: we get brainstorming on a bunch of other stuff. Great. There
0: you go. <laughs>
1: oh, it's so go. good. Well, but thank you. Dave. Thank you, y'all. Really great. You make it that. easy.